You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. This is Dr. Lauren Noel. Good to have you. I hope you are staying well and encouraged and connected to each other during these interesting times. And there's a lot going on in the world, especially in the U.S. leading up to the election. So hopefully this episode will brighten your day and give you some fun brain candy. I've taken a brief break from doing shows because I have had my hands full I've been in the process of moving, actually finding a place to move to and figuring out what's going on because my house is full of black mold. I just found out the results yesterday and really got an idea of what I've been dealing with for the last five years. And if you've listened to any of my recent episodes, there's a lot that comes along with mold exposure. Um, so yes, I'm very grateful to have figured out the issue and looking forward to moving on to the next place. My baby Zion is now 16 months. He is so much fun. He's hilarious. I feel like he's funnier than ever. I've been posting a lot about him on my Instagram. So if you want to see how big his hair is now, I swear this child has just been born with the most glorious mane of hair. I have hair envy often. You can check me out over on Instagram at Dr. Lowe. Actually, it's Dr. Underscore Lowe. So D-O-C-T-O-R underscore L-O and connect with me over there. Also, if you have questions for the podcast, if you have suggestions for guests, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me because I check my direct messages. So you can just shoot me a message over there. Also, I would love if you have been listening to the show and you're liking the show, if you could just take a couple seconds and leave a review, that would be amazing. The better reviews and the more reviews I have, the more that my show gets exposed to more people. And so it's a way for us to really spread this message and help as many people as we can. This week's episode is really fun. I have a new guest joining me and um, we talk all about, all about farming, about the importance of healthy soil. We talk about different um, supplements. We talk about how to snack in a healthier way and it was a really fun show. So I know you're going to enjoy it. And also my show sponsor is actually Paleo Valley. Um, and so if you want to get any of the products that we talk about in the episode, you can go to paleovalley.com and then you can get a discount. If you use Dr. Lowe at checkout, D-R-L-O, you can get 15% off of anything that we talk about on the show. So with all that said, let's jump into the episode and I hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, we have a new guest on the show. I've been really looking forward to having her on for a while. We have Autumn Smith. She is the creator of Paleo Valley as well as Wild Pastures. And she has a pretty fun history actually of being a dancer. Um, she toured the world with JLo, which I really don't hear things like that often from my guests. That's very unique. And she's worked as a fitness trainer and had her own health challenges that brought her into 
more of a natural medicine kind of sphere. So we'll hear more about that. But she founded Paleo Valley with her husband and her brother-in-law. And if you've been listening to this show for a while, I've really pimped them out on many shows leading up to this show. Um, I'm a huge fan of a lot of their different products that are really, really clean and they're changing the game um, in the industry of just quality and doing things not only with high quality, but in a way that's actually good for the environment. So, cause both of them are very important. So I'm um, excited to get into it. Autumn, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. Well, thank you for having me. I've been a fan of your work since I lived in San Diego and we're just honored to, uh, to be here. Yay. Whoop, whoop. Appreciate whoop. it. Uh, well, I love what you guys do. I'm obsessed with your beef bars. We actually are the beef sticks. We sell, sell them at the office. And it's one of those things that we always offer to patients if they come in and they want to get an IV treatment. We're like, have you had anything to eat in the last hour or two? They're like, oh no, I'm hungry. I'm like here, have a beef stick. And yes. instantly they're obsessed and, um, and you have all these different flavors now and you have the turkey sticks. And so thank you for helping us out because that really, really makes it so our patients don't, you know, get hypoglycemia and pass out. So appreciate that on our side. Um, but you know, you guys are really working hard to, um, change a lot of what's out there on the shelves. So we'll get into that in a sec, but I would love to hear a little bit more about your story. What, what kind of led you to being passionate about this, about changing the food industry and, um, and what you're doing now? Yeah, well, it's a long story, but I'll, I'll give you a brief version. Basically, I was a really happy, healthy kid until I hit my teens. And then I started to have digestive issues that no doctor could really fix where I was in small town Montana. They told me I had IBS, which is a wastebasket diagnosis, as I'm sure you're familiar with, which kind of means like, we don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were like, you could take some vino and like, you know, that didn't work. And so eventually they like snowballed into some mental health struggles because we know there's this gut brain connection. We didn't understand it back then. So as I got older and the symptoms weren't resolved, then I started having anxiety and like a little depression and then uh, eating disorder. And, you know, then I started to use substances to kind of calm myself down because the psychiatric medications weren't working and just nothing was working for me. And so I kind of learned that I was just going to have to manage life rather than like thrive. And every day was kind of a struggle. And I just continued along this path. I mean, I finished college and everything and found my husband. And it wasn't really until he moved in with me that he noticed how much pain I was in because I always put on a happy face. And, you know, I just thought I got to make the best of this. And, and once he got online and tried to find me a solution, because even the doctors in LA, which is where we were at that point, couldn't really do much for me. We just found that diet way back in like 2010. It was a really novel concept at the time. Diet, diet might fix my digestive issues, which seems so obvious now. But um, we tried a paleo diet. We just you know, stopped eating processed foods and started eating whole foods and went to the farmer's market. And within 30 days, my, my digestive system it was done. I had no more symptoms. And I was so excited because I was working as a fitness trainer for Tracy Anderson, which is the wonderful, amazing woman who sent me on tour with Jennifer Lopez. And so I had this dream job and I looked so fit. I was so fit, but I was not well. And I was mm -hmm. breaking out and still having anxiety. And I still had the, I looked pregnant after meals. And so I was so excited when I finally felt well. And because I had felt like an imposter for a really long time mm. that I knew I had to quit that job and then actually go back to school. And so that's kind of where that came from. And when I was on that tour, like you said, when I toured the world for seven months, what I realized is that 
you can't, you need to be prepared. You, you, you have to have snacks available and nothing was meeting my standards at the time. So even though I knew about this profound connection between diet and the way I was feeling, I wasn't always able to maintain the diet because I just didn't have the staples. And so when I got back to the United States, my husband and I were like, we've got to fix this because he was trying to bring beef sticks over to France and <laughs> Ireland when I was traveling and it just wasn't working that well. So we decided we were going to be the company that made all of those things so people can be really vibrant even if they're doing other awesome things and traveling and no matter what kind of life you're pursuing, uh, you can still have what you need to feel your best. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you move at a fast pace, you have to have that support with you. Like for me, I always keep a, a beef stick in my purse. <laughs> and yes. a lot of times I forget it's in there and I'll have like a low blood sugar kind of situation. And I'm like, oh, I don't have anything. And then I look, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have this, thank God. Um, <laughs> because otherwise you're stuck, you know, going to a gas station and getting like a Slim Jim or something, which, you know, it's just total Ugh. crap. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what was happening because he was bringing those beef sticks over that were grass fed or we, you know, we thought, oh, these are healthy, but they were still giving me like digestive issues. And I'm kind of a canary in the coal mine. I'm, yeah, I'm very sensitive, same. but we found out there was, it wasn't even a slim gym. It was a high quality thing, but they have like certain ingredients in beef sticks, even like the healthy ones that uh, like encapsulated citric acid specifically that involves GMO corn and hydrogenated oils. And it's, it's industry standard. So it doesn't have to be labeled. It can just say citric acid on the label. Mm. And this is generally what's happening. And so that's why we made the beef sticks. I could not go to sleep at night knowing that even if other people thought it was okay, I didn't want to make a product that had GMOs and hydrogenated oil in it and potentially feed it to my friends or feed it to my child. So I never saw myself as this like beef stick lady. Like I'm going to go out and create <laughs> beef sticks. It was just kind of like, I know we all need protein. The beef sticks that I found on the market aren't meeting my standards. So here we go. We're going to make yeah. a beef stick and ferment them, which allows us to totally avoid encapsulated citric acid and of course results in probiotic content too. For sure. Because, you know, beef can be inflammatory if it's not done the right way, right? If you have a cow that's eating grains or corn or whatever, and they're, they're given all these, you know, antibiotics or um, medications, and even just eating like these foods have a lot more pesticides in them. So you get basically a sick animal that, yeah, it has protein. I mean, it's a good protein source, but what else are you getting with it? Um, and also the types of fats, right? It's more of the arachidonic acid. It's less of the omega-3s. So when you shift it to actually eating a healthy animal, you get those health components to it. And, and I don't know of any research that actually finds any harmful effects of grass-fed beef. I haven't seen any of that. Maybe it's out there, but I haven't seen it. It's really just been looking at those sources that I was talking about. Before. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I'm not familiar with any research at all e either. And there are different um, nutrient profiles that result. And of course, then we have the environmental considerations. So like you said, there's more omega-3s, there's higher levels of vitamin A and vitamin E, mm -hmm. and not every study right. will necessarily show that. But you can imagine that when an animal is raised in alignment with what it's supposed to be eating and not receiving antibiotics so that they're gaining weight more quickly or hormones, um, this is just going to be a better product. I think people can understand that. And CAFOs or confined animal feeding operations where a lot of the cows are coming from today, they're actually destroying our environment. And so, yeah, thinking about all of those things in what you're eating is really, really important. Grass-fed beef gets a really, I mean, beef in general gets a really bad rep and it's, it's unfortunate for these cows because it's like, we see, yeah. you know, it's, it's just talked about in the food industry so much that you eat, you eat beef, you get heart disease and beef is bad for the environment. And both of those are really not found to be true. 
um, if you're doing it in a healthy way. So let's dive into that a little bit more. We hear these things, especially in the media, you know, meatless Monday, right? It's like a big trend. Um, you got to go vegan because it's better for the environment. So what, what's really to that? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I, uh, I just read the book Sacred Cow and I highly recommend it to anyone who wants to like delve more deeply into this topic. But yeah, we hear that meat is bad for the environment. But what we're not also hearing is that when they're talking about these environmental impacts, they're looking at animals raised in these confined animal feeding operations because that is where the vast majority of beef is coming from today. I mean, 90% of what you're going to find at the grocery stores is raised in that way. And so what you have to understand is that when they're raised in a different way with regenerative principles, which is exactly the way that we source, we find these farms who are doing things like not tilling, they're not using chemicals, they're integrating animals and they're moving them around in a way that mimics their natural patterns in nature. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is, we need animal inputs, first of all, in, in the environment to grow really healthy food, but also cows and the way that they, when they actually like eat the grass, they stimulate grass growth and they sequester carbon. That grass can actually act like a little straw and suck carbon out of the atmosphere. And we know that there's too much carbon in the atmosphere and that's creating global warming. And so while cows are being demonized, it and they should be when they're raised in confined animal feeding operations, it is actually the complete opposite story when they're raised regeneratively. And there was a really awesome life cycle analysis that was just conducted. There's this um, ranch called White Oak Pastures. I'm sure that you've heard about it. But they, they found out that for every pound of conventionally raised beef that you get about, about add 33 pounds of carbon into the atmosphere. But, and for every pound of like even impossible burger or um, beyond burger, these like meat alternatives, you're still adding carbon like 3.5 pounds and 4.5 pounds respectively. But what they found is that when cows are raised regeneratively on white oats pastures, um, they actually sequester carbon. And so there is not carbon released. It's actually sequestered instead. So it is actually the solution that we're looking for rather than being the problem. Wow, that's so cool. So it's it's good for the environment to do it in a regenerative way. And cows are good for the environment, which totally dispels everything you hear about. Yeah, exactly. They can be, they're like a tool. Like a hammer can be used for good or like building a right. house or it can be used violently. A cow can destroy the environment. Absolutely. When they're, you know, in a confined animal feeding operation or even if they're out on pasture, but they're continuously grazing and the animals aren't being moved, they're overgrazing. So yeah, it's not about cows being bad or good. It's about how are they being used and integrated and are these ranches measuring the ecological outcomes? Like, are they looking at the soil, um, the soil health and the water holding capacity and all these different indicators um, that the environment is improving or is it going the other way? So what is regenerative farming? Like, I mean, is it just that it, it kind of, is it, does the name explain it? It just regenerates itself with the way that you're doing it? Or is it like using moon cycles to grow things like bio, whatever? Like what is, what does this mean? It's basically just a system of farming principles and practices that looks to increase biodiversity. So we see a lot of biodiversity in nature. It just means there are a lot of different plant species and animal species happening rather than what we've kind of broken down to recently is like a bunch of monocultures and just we're raising corn and wheat or in, in nature, we want biodiversity. So it enhances biodiversity and the health of the soil and improves like the water system. So a lot of people don't realize, but when our soil system is broken, which is 
is like 70% of the soil on earth is broken today. That not only leads to like reduced nutrient profile in our food because there's this really cool relationship in soil where there's fungi in the soil who actually work as like these kind of like uber system for the plants and the minerals in the soil. So the plants through photosynthesis, they push carbon or food basically into the soil for these fungi. And in return, the fungi make the minerals and the nutrients in the soil available to the plants. But modern agriculture, conventional agriculture, um, it just destroys the fungi and destroys that life and destroys that biodiversity in the soil. And so our plants might be there, but they're not getting the nutrients they need. Another really cool thing is that a water or like when our soil system is broken, it's not actually able to hold water anymore. And so they're doing these tests on regenerative farms. It's not necessarily about how much rain you get. It's about how much water your your soil is actually able to hold. And when it's broken, it runs off and it creates droughts and it creates floods. But when we can restore the health of the soil through these regenerative practices, it will actually be able to penetrate into the soil system and replenish our aquifers. And so it just goes so far beyond, um, you know, being a good idea for human health. It's like, it's actually the solution that we need in order to reverse climate change and all of these other natural disasters we're seeing. Wow, that's fascinating. And, and yeah, we've, we've talked about the health of the soil on the show. It's been a while, but just about how um, different vitamins and minerals back in like the 1950s, for example, just much higher levels of things like vitamin C, you know, B vitamins, iron, phosphorus, calcium, even protein. Um, and these are just consistent declines that have been happening just really just as a result of greedy, greedy production, right? Greedy production. Yeah, of course. And then those inputs, when we just put in fertilizer on their synthetic fertilizer, it's not replacing all the nutrients. And again, animals, we need that input and like their manure is actually a really great source of nutrients for the soil. And so when you stop putting the right inputs in and then you break down the soil biology, yeah, the plants can't access it. That means the plants don't have the nutrients. That means the animals that eat the plants don't have as many nutrients. And ultimately, we are not consuming as many nutrients. In fact, according to the USDA, I think like one, I think 95% of Americans are thought to be deficient in at least one nutrient. Oh, yeah. Well, I can say as a clinician, I've, I've tested, you know, hundreds of patients at this point doing deficiency testing. And I can say probably since I, 10 years I've been in practice, I think only two patients I've ever seen have optimal levels of nutrients out of hundreds. There's always something that is low. Um, yeah. And these are, and keep in mind, these are folks that come to see me who are taking really good care of themselves. You know, that's the type of population that usually comes in to see me. So, um, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Um, what would you say would be your guess? Like what percentage of of farms do you think are actually doing it right? Oh man. Roughly. Oh, it would be a really small number. Five? Wow. Yeah. Five percent. And you know, like here's but here's the thing too, like I don't know all the farms out there and I bet you there are. I feel like there's a big awakening coming. Mm-hmm. Like I received, like I grew up in Montana and I remember 10 years ago, I was kind of talking to some of my rancher and farmer friends about, you know, grass fed and grass finished. And I remember them saying like, you are crazy. Like that is not a thing. And now <laughs> they're calling me back and saying, oh my gosh, how do I make this transition? <laughs> and so I do think there's a lot of farms that are waking up to this idea and that I don't know about. So that number might be low, 
but it is a gamble for them for these farmers because um, you know they can't necessarily they're not necessarily marketers and so they don't know how to connect necessarily to the consumer all the time but but yeah it's it's not a big number but that's the what what we're trying to change with wild pastures yeah and I could I could see that being really overwhelming for farmers too yeah. like switching to go that route when they've they've you get stuck in one way of doing things and also if it's making a lot of money that's your livelihood so I have a lot of respect for farmers that, you know, step out and have that courage to do that. So let's talk more about the different products that you guys have. So you have the beef sticks, you have turkey sticks. Um, I think that's it for the protein sources, right? So yeah. Okay. And I just wanted to say that the turkey sticks we made to be AIP compliant or autoimmune um, paleo protocol compliant. So mm -hmm. uh, there are a little different flavor. Yeah. A little more restricted in the things that we could use, but they're still pasture turkey. They're delicious. So that's great. So the other, so the other ones are not AIP compliant, but the turkey ones are. Right? Yeah. The beef sticks okay. are not, but the turkey are. What's yeah. in it that, that is not compliant. I'm just curious. Garlic. A oh, lot of okay. Times. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, something as simple as garlic, right? Um, I know. I know. That's great that you have options for that. And so, but you have some other fun things that are coming out. Um, I've been talking about the vitamin C on the show because you have, it's an actual vitamin C complex, right? It's not just the synthetic vitamin C that most supplements are, but it's actually from a food source. Can you talk yes. about that? Of course. It's actually my favorite topic. It's so <laughs> most vitamin C, it's so nerdy. I have favorite nutrients, but that's probably why I'm a holistic nutritionist. But yeah. Nerd so, out, girl. We want to hear your nerding. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it was when I um, started to like really focus in on my brain health and ways that I could kind of correct the mental health struggles I was having. I noticed a profound shift in you know vitamin C when I would take vitamin C from whole foods. And I found out that most like 90% of supplements on the market are actually made from genetically modified corn. And yes, they are ascorbic acid. And I do think there's a time and a place for ascorbic acid in large doses therapeutically if you have something like cancer. But when it comes to you know everyday therapeutic use, I think you're missing out because there are so many other things in foods that are beneficial. And again, like a synthetic isolated supplement isn't something I want to be putting on my body on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And so we found three of the world's most potent sources of natural vitamin C, which is like amla berry and unripe acerola cherry and camu camu berry and we just put them in capsules free of fillers or weird things and it we actually created the most potent natural vitamin c supplement on the market because we have 450 milligrams per serving of of whole food so it's pretty unique. really awesome do you have any um stories that people have shared about how it's made a difference or helped them oh my gosh yes i mean i think the most common one is basically the immune system. Like they just give it to their kids. I hear that from moms a lot because um, as moms, it's hard to get your kids to take ascorbic acid to get to them to take pills. But if you put like uh, open up our capsule and just put like a few drops of monk fruit or stevia, because it is, you'll taste it. And it's pretty bitter because as vitamin C rich foods ripen, their nutrient content declines. But so it's bitter. But if you just add a little something, something, you can get those kids to take it. And so I hear that they'll, you know, feel a lot better throughout the school year than they normally would have. I also hear a lot about, um, a lot of my clients and the people attracted to me are um, people who are suffering from things like anxiety. And mm -hmm. there's actual research around uh, vitamin C and its ability to help us reduce anxiety and heal oxidative stress that might be happening in the brain. So I hear a lot about that as well. And then energy. Um, 
And a lot, one thing that I wanted to highlight too, a research finding that I just found is that vitamin C is really necessary for the production of carnitine, which helps us burn fat. And that people who are low in vitamin C don't burn fat as readily too. So mm -hmm. I don't have any like super awesome testimonials. I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was a really, really interesting finding. Well, and you need vitamin C for a couple other things too, for healthy progesterone production. So yes. if you're deficient in vitamin C, oftentimes your progesterone is suboptimal, which can affect obviously your menstrual cycles, but even like fertility, because that's my area. Um, yeah. You also need vitamin C to make healthy cortisol levels. You know, we hear about cortisol being like this bad thing, all this cortisol, but you need cortisol. If it's too low, you're going to have adrenal fatigue. You're going to have a lot of issues with inflammation. So yeah, vitamin C is, is um, it's pretty miraculous when you get those levels up. Yeah. Sure. And I just, I thought it was really amazing that people need different amounts. I don't know if this is what you've seen clinically, mm -hmm. but from the research is everyone thinks, oh, okay, I'll just get my 90 or 75 milligrams if I'm a man or a woman respectively. But there is research to suggest that we need varying amounts because we're very different biochemically yep. and animals in the wild actually produce up to like 130 thousand grams a day like a goat does when they're under stress and that their or their production increases in times of stress but we're just told oh no we just need 75 and 90 milligrams which i just don't see i see increasing the dose has helped me immensely and it's pretty fascinating yeah it's fascinating that animals make their own vitamin c i think there's like us and i think maybe like dolphins or something there's some some other <laughs> guinea um, pigs and bats yeah. yeah they do a lot of research in guinea pigs okay yeah. yeah so but but i know dogs do like my dog dinah she makes her own vitamin C. It's just, it's pretty cool. So that's awesome. And then your paleo greens, I mm -hmm. forgot, I mean, like while you were talking, I was like, oh, that's the other one that I love. So I, um, I have a one-year-old, so Zion, he's 16 months technically. So I give him that in his, um, in his water and he really, really, really likes it. Um, so yeah, cause greens are kind of hard to make them taste good. So what's, what's all in there? It's fruits and vegetables, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got some, basically the reason I created this was because when I got pregnant, I was, I became obsessed with just improving the nutrient density do my diet and I went to get a greens powder and all of them had cereal grasses. Now I'm a gluten sensitive individual mm. and wheatgrass has just never worked for me. And when I really kind of looked into it, wheatgrass turns out doesn't work for a lot of people. <laughs> if yeah. you see the reviews on a lot of other greens powders, it's like, oh my gosh, this just made me have to go to the bathroom right away. And I used to take a shot of wheatgrass and it just like, it made me feel nauseous. And there's actually like um, a lectin in there called wheat germagglutinin, which mm -hmm. has been linked to some insulin issues, vitamin D issues, gut damage issues. So I just knew we got to take the cereal grasses out, um, leave the grass for the cows. And then we just put things like organic kale and organic broccoli and spirulina is actually the base, but like not a poorly sourced spirulina. Cause I know that can be dicey. It's actually the most, um, like it, the most well-sourced spirulina, the highest quality in the world. And then spinach, kale sprout, um, cabbage, cauliflower, berries, turmeric, acerola, which is also in our, um, our, uh, essential sea carrot, ginger, tart cherry. I mean, there's just 23 different organic fruits and vegetables and spirulina as the base. And, and my awesome. son even drinks it. We call it his ninja juice. Ah. And you're right. It's really hard to get one that kids will approve of, but he, he loves this one too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I got to tell Organifi they're having some competition right now because uh, <laughs> I've been promoting their green juice for so long, but, um, but this one Zion, he really, really likes. So that's awesome. Yeah. And we love Organifi too. And like I said, you know, like it's not like wheatgrass is harming everyone. It's just, you know, 
some people, and specifically if you're like have more digestive issues or are sensitive to gluten, it could for be a sure. thing for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have seen that for um, Dr. Tom O'Brien. He's been on the show many times. He's obviously the gluten dude, and and I asked him about wheatgrass, and he said it just depends on when the grass is cut. So uh, it's just very it's variable on if it's going to have you know like the wheat germ and gluten and it's going to affect you. So, but yeah, just to be safe, it's good for people who are sensitive to probably consider not having it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. We talked off the air before we um, started recording that you guys have some fun things coming up for kids like paleo suckers, right? Yes. Yes. We what are, are those? This is, it, I know. Right. It's like, that's not really the direction I saw the company going, but when I, my little guy's about ready to go to kindergarten and he can't do corn. So he can't do corn and sugar. He reacts to them. And so I couldn't find, I literally could not find a sucker on the market that didn't have corn. Cause you know, there's a lot of xylitol suckers and but there that's often derived from corn as well. And literally I call these companies and when you really pull back the hood, it's corn. There's corn in the suckers. So we decided we wanted to actually make them and then put in like superfoods like the acerola cherry or maybe some blueberry powder. And like they're no sugar, of course. They're paleo friendly. Um, we're just using, I think, tapioca instead. I think there was, you know, they're not officially finished yet, but they are coming and they are so I was delicious. just looking on your website. They're not on there yet. Yeah. They're not on there yet. They're still in R&D, but I just wanted to tell everyone the trajectory. What is coming is our pumpkin pie um, superfood bars. So our, our superfood bars are awesome anyway. And basically they're just, you know, high quality source of collagen as well as superfoods because that was my big thing with most of the bars on the market. Like, first of all, you'd go find like a protein bar and they're like actually a carbohydrate bar. And then they so, have all these weird questionable soy, ingredients. Soy, soy, like the cliff bars. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I guys realize that you're getting a cliff bar because you want to beef up your, you know, your muscles, but then it's soy, which is like so bad, especially for men for their hormones. Yeah. yeah. Soy. And then there's like, I, if memory serves me correct, do not quote me on this, but something like 40 grams of carbs in there. I don't know. Yeah. And just like in this little bar, you think you're just going to like take the edge off, but yeah. So I just wanted to create a bar that was going to keep your blood sugar stable and actually add something to your life. So that's why we added the superfoods back in and the collagen. And um, right now we have chocolate and uh, apple cinnamon, but we have the pumpkin pie. Like I said, we have a velvet cake, uh, a red velvet cake coming and also a vanilla and a lemon meringue. So we yeah, I'm looking actually, at their, actually, I looked um, 44 grams of carbs in a cliff bar. <laughs> yes. Right. That's what I said. I'm like, what? Is and that 21 grams of sugar, 21 grams of sugar. That's oh, as God. much as a candy bar. It yeah, is they are with bars. soy. Yep. With yeah. soy. It's worse so. than a candy bar. <laughs> It is. I know because I used to be eating them all the time. Yeah, I love those and um, various other bars that just never made me feel good. So we wanted to create those alternatives as well. Um, we're actually, and this might be of interest to you, one day we're, we created like seed cycling bars too because oh, seed awesome. cycling- yeah, really beneficial for the hormones. And we actually added in, you know, like vitamin C for the second half when you're producing progesterone and all of that. Exactly. Yeah. So those will be on the market soon. Um, we've got some cereal in the works and um, yeah, just oh my gosh. got a lot of stuff we're doing. Fun stuff. And then last thing we'll touch on, you have a um, meal delivery service, which I know probably not everyone listening would be able to do, but I know it's based in Colorado, right? 
wild pastures? Yes. Wild pastures is just when we had our son Maverick, we realized, okay, we're creating all these awesome products so people can be healthy. But we saw this bigger trend, as we were mentioning in the beginning, where our nutrient uh, levels in the soil are on the decline. And according to the FAO, um, Federal Agricultural Organization, they say we only have 60 years of topsoil left. Like our soil system is so broken that my son might see a day where he can't actually feed himself. And so that really scared us. And so when we were talking to the ranchers and farmers who were sourcing our 100% grass-fed and finished beef from, they obviously became some really good friends. And they taught me, like one of them in particular used to be like um, a GMO salesman. He was all in that world. And then his father ended up developing Parkinson's at 40 and they started to really look at this system and so he's a big advocate of these regenerative practices and told us you know we just need to create a system where everyone can opt in to support these regenerative practices and so that's what we did and we built um, you basically get these regenerative meats delivered straight to your doorstep at wholesale prices so we just cut out the middleman we just connect you basically to the farmers um, and yeah, make sure that you can afford it and everyone can opt out of supporting the factory farms if they want to. And so it's, um, I'm looking at our website, so it's beef and chicken yeah. and pork, right? Beef and chicken and pork. And yeah, we have like 10 pound boxes and 20 pound boxes and you can customize the boxes and we're in the Phoenix area and two day shipping out there. So like Phoenix, Arizona, Utah, and then also in the Denver area. And we have some people in Southern California. We haven't opened up completely. We're still working out some kinks there, Mm -hmm. but coming very, very soon. And then we hope it to be nationwide really, really soon. And it actually ends up being cheaper to do the delivery route, right? Versus going to the stores. You can save some money. Yep. Wow, that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, and it just makes it easy for people. We just want to make this easy. Yeah, you know? so yeah, for was- sure. And it's, you know, you're not going to, you don't get quality like this at like a regular grocery store. I mean, you can probably find some grass-fed things, but I know when I was at Trader Joe's um, a few months back, I looked at their grass-fed ground beef. And it was from a collection of different countries. Like the actual beef was from different places altogether. Like that really grossed me out. Yeah. And that's the problem. It's like, yes, I I love that other countries are doing this and they have, you know, grass fed and regenerative farms, but the American microbiome, which I consider the soil that needs to be healed too. And so we only, you know, obviously are connecting domestic farmers and creating that demand locally because yeah, well, I can appreciate people sourcing internationally because they have high standards. It's still not really fixing the problem that we have here. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's interesting how it's like regenerative farming actually supports your regenerative microbiome. It's all connected, yes. right? It's the macro, the micro. It's amazing. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is. I, I, I could geek out with you all day. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with us or any parting words before we let you go and crush the rest of your day? Mm, let's think. Um, not really. I'm just grateful to be here and you can always reach out to me, autumnatpaleovalley.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, I'm like, you can just personally, I would love to respond to all, any and all criticism, comments, all of it. And um, check out Wild Pastures and Paleo Valley. And we have so many other products that we didn't even get to talk about, but yeah, I'm just grateful to be here. So thanks for having me on. Awesome. Virtual hug. Thank you for Woo-hoo. being with us and we'll talk soon. <laughs> okay. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. 
Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love, and I'll talk to you soon.